The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, our show today is about forgiveness and reconciliation. And I have this wonderful book in my hand that I just received, and I've been reading it most of last night. And it's called Forgiveness and Reconciliation, Psychological Pathways to Conflict Transformation and Peace Healing. And Ani Kalajian, who is the editor and co-author on this book, is with us, joining us from the East Coast. And I want to tell you a little bit about her. She's got an impressive background. Dr. Ani Kalajian is a psychology professor, American board certified expert in traumatic stress. She's a psychotherapist, a genocide scholar, conflict resolution expert, researcher, community organizer, and international consultant. She has over 20 years of experience in disaster management, mass trauma interventions, and conflict resolution. She's also been teaching for 20 years at university level, and she's been a psychotherapist in practice in both New Jersey and New York for 25 years. And she was awarded the Outstanding Alumni of the Year Award from Teachers College at Columbia University. She has so many more accolades. I'm just telling you, it's, it's very impressive. But I want to get to a little bit of the work that she's done because she's worked extensively with veterans uh, who survived the Gulf War, the Vietnam veterans, Holocaust survivors, the Armenian survivors of the Ottoman Turkish genocide, with the uh, World Trade Commission terrorists, uh, survivors, and so many more, you know, earthquake victims and tsunami victims. And so she has this new book, which is really fantastic, and I, uh, amazing different articles on different types of forgiveness and how it's different in different cultures, which I thought was fascinating. And you can learn much more about her at our website at conflicthealing.com, but also at meaningfulworld.com, which is her website. Thank you so much for joining us, Ani. Thank you so much, Marie. This is really, really a pleasure and an honor to be on your radio show. It's exactly on the topic that we have been passionate about for the last 25 years. Oh, I know. And that's why when I found you, I thought, this is great. Well, tell me, how did you decide to get do this book and, and edit and be a part of this wonderful project of forgiveness and reconciliation? 
Well, it's a, a kind of a typical story. They say psychologists or healers, they usually choose their uh, profession coming from their own family uh, pains and traumas. My father is a survivor of uh, the Ottoman Turkish genocide of the Armenians, uh, Greeks, and the Syrians and Christian uh, minority in Ottoman uh, Asia Minor at the time. And uh, he was the only one that uh, survived, one of the few that survived, where two-thirds of Armenians were slaughtered. Mm. And I could uh, palpate as a child growing up in Syria because they had to go through the Arabian Desert and he settled in Syria. Well, he had to. That was the first uh, country they were able to uh, uh, enter. And uh, from there, I could palpate the sadness and the trauma growing up, uh, uh, also in the middle of Syrian-Israeli war, and uh, feeling the actual war trauma, and then feeling that there is more than the current war, that my mom is crying for something else. They're wearing black, uh, dark clothing to indicate and symbolize grief and sadness and always thinking about looking for their loved ones because they were still searching. People were taken by force to different countries or by assistance from missionaries. So uh, I just found uh, cousins and my maternal side, 100 family members in Buenos Aires, uh, thanks to to electronic age and uh, Google and all the uh, uh, instruments we have to search for our loved ones. So it comes from a deep uh, sense of uh, wanting to uh, make a difference and wanting to change this uh, trauma into healing. Our organization, uh, Association for Trauma Outreach and Prevention, I will call it ATOP for short, it has an affiliation with United Nations, and we are bringing this topic uh, straight to the UN, and we have been bringing for the last uh, 20 years these issues to the UN because as you know at the UN we talk about all these uh, wars like it's uh, uh, just an incident and then go have lunch right I said but you know you are you asking you're talking about 4 million dead 6 million dead uh, 800,000 dead in Rwanda are you talking about the generations that are surviving and their own traumas and their own sense of anger, revenge, helplessness, you need to address these. Right. And it has been a, a, a two-decade-long challenge, and still our next program will be addressing on ancestral healing, which is bringing about sharing the impact of these traumas on the next generations, generational transmission, and then how to heal ourselves from the wounds of these uh, uh, mass traumas, as well as individual traumas. And, and your book is called Forgiveness and Reconciliation. Yes. And, and so when you're talking about these horrible traumas and what people go through as survivors of these various types of genocides and holocausts and all these really tragic things, um, what... Is forgiveness in that in that situation? What what is really what a definition, if you can, of what forgiveness is? 
Well, uh, for, if you read uh, other books on forgiveness, they always say what forgiveness is not. Uh, they say, first, forgiveness is not pardoning. Forgiveness is not setting the perpetrator free. Forgiveness is not letting go of justice. So they will first uh, share on the general myths of forgiveness. And then my definition is forgiveness is changing the automatic mindset of the ego to revenge and hit back if you feel pain, our automatic knee-jerk reaction, for example, would be to hit back, to reciprocate, right. to, to uh, show the other person, as my clients would say, how it feels to be hurt. Yeah. But that never works. An eye for an eye makes us both blind, says Martin Luther King. Yes. So the idea is to have mindfulness to shift that automatic knee-jerk reaction of the ego to mindful decision. Yes. What am I trying to do when I hit back? Am I not also a perpetrator? Yes. What's the line between self-defense and becoming the perpetrator yourself? As Gandhi says, when you try to obliterate the, the monster or the evil, make sure you don't become one in the process. Yes. Because of the automatic reaction. Because of, well, he hit me first, as children would say, in the playground, in the sandbox. And, you know, uh, you know I deal with people who are angry and who are in conflict all the time as well. So I can really relate to all this. And one of the things that, that I, that I learned years ago from people who were trying to teach me about forgiveness is a very interesting approach to forgiveness is it's made up of forgive. you know, you give it up for yourself because if you are carrying this anger, this revenge, this hatred, or whatever it is, what it does to you is even worse than the person who doesn't know how much you hate them unless you actually go after them and, and try and kill them. Exactly, Marie. Exactly, Marie. Because the, uh, there's an anonymous saying that goes like this. Uh, uh, anger uh, and revenge is like taking the poison and expecting and hoping that your perpetrator or the person who hurts you is getting hurt or yes. dying. Yes, yes. You are the one who are, is hosting and nurturing the anger in your system. It has physical uh, ramifications, you will be more sick if you uh, have a lot of anger and vengeful thoughts or revenge. You are emotionally unhealthy, you are easily irritated, and you spiritually, your meaning is not authentic, is centered on uh, the perpetrator's action. Exactly, exactly. So when you forgive someone, you are giving it up. You're giving up that that anger, that pain. Now, does that it does it mean that you forget what happened? Not at all, and that's the reason we always in our uh, lectures we emphasize we have a separate slide 
where it says, forgive fully and remember fully. It's not, we have a, an American saying, uh, not other languages don't have this saying where it says forgive and forget. But the, uh, mind you, unless you have Alzheimer's or you have head injury, you have amnesia, you will never forget a trauma. Your cell has memory. It's stamped in your body. That's the reason you also need to go through physical healing in addition to emotional healing. Uh, physical healing such as Reiki, body energetic work, kinesiology, uh, acupuncture or acupressure, hands-on th therapeutic touch, some kind of physical deep tissue massage, therapeutic massage. You need something on the physical level because trauma has inherently not only emotional wounds but physical ones. Right. The body, mind, spirit, everything. Yes. 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 So are there things that we should not forgive? Some people say, well, I can forgive this, but I can't forgive that. Yes, that's the other myth we have on our list. We actually have about uh, a dozen or more myths about forgiveness. And uh, if you need later on, I'll mention it. Yes. But that is one of them where they say, well, the Holocaust is not forgivable. Actually, Elie Wiesel said this. But they are misinterpreting the whole forgiveness. You do not, we do not forgive the act itself. May that be genocide or torture or killing or incest or rape. We are forgiving the person who was mindless, who was ignorant, who was not thinking better, healthier, who has conducted or done something traumatic. We are forgiving that person, as in, in Christianity, uh, the, Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, they asked him, how many times shall I forgive? And he said, 70 times 7. It's just an infinite number of times because we are challenged daily by things and people who are not mindful and they may cause uh, uh, us to be frustrated or disappointed uh, uh, or uh, um, ashamed or maybe humiliated. Right. But sometimes we, it's oblivious. Sometimes it's really oblivious that there is no intention to hurt. And then, of course, when you get into war, there is an intention to hurt because you're acting on revenge or you're acting on some you know, craziness that that's happening, like what happened during World War Two with Hitler. You're right. You're talking on craziness or what your what your father went through. That's yes. that's insanity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, that uh, it is also if we have our collective uh, um, ability to uh, uh, empathize and be aware of what's happening to others and stand up uh, in unanimous, for example, Holocaust would not have happened if the Turkish, Ottoman Turkish uh, genocide of the Armenians and Christian minorities were, people were punished and uh, this situation was rectified and, and the resolution had made, but all the allied countries helped Turkey in a way and covered it up 
And that's why exactly when people started, the Jews and others, uh, uh, Germans, when they questioned uh, uh, Hitler, asking him, don't you know what you're doing? Don't you see the impact of what you're doing? How are you going to explain this? And he said, who nowadays remembers the genocide of the Armenians? Mm. That's on the Holocaust Museum. It's on the wall. Yes, yes. And that means like, hey, you know, Turks got away, so I'm going to get away with murder as well. You know, I just was in Washington D.C. this past month, and I oh, so you saw the I museum, went to the right? Holo- yes, I went to the Holocaust Museum, and it was beautifully done. Of course, it's very hard to see, and then of course they were there's a whole room on Darfur also, yes. which is still going on. Yes, and R- Rwanda, and so it, it isn't like it just was in the past with you know the Armenians and the Holocaust in Germany. This exactly. is going on today in so many countries, and you know we're not doing anything. I mean, the only place we've done anything is when there's oil, right? Exactly, exactly. That's our collective responsibility. And uh, when we say, uh, for example, in our lectures, what we do, we separate four from giving. We even put number four sometimes, indicating that this is something you are giving to yourself. It's a gift to yourself. Four, giving to self. Yes. Four, letting go of the past and the chains that connect you to the quote-unquote enemy and the perpetrator, and you're desperately expecting them to come and give you apology on a civil tray. Well, guess what? It's been 96 years, and Ottoman Turkey, uh, uh, the new government of Turkey, the modern democratic Turkey, supposedly, has denied for 96 years, and in fact, in their history books, when I went to Turkey, there was a section saying Armenians have massacred the Turks. Mm. The total revisionism. Unbelievable. And they even threatened to kill me while I was in Turkey. Their, you know, extremist group came threatening me. If I talk anything about the genocide, that I'll be dead. And they have Article 301 at the present even their own prize-winning, Nobel Prize-winning Orhan Pambuk is on threat, and they have fined him 4000 U.S. dollars uh, for insulting the Turkish citizens or Turkish government because he mentioned the genocide of Armenians and the Kurdish rights, oh human my, rights. My goodness. Today, this is going on today. And even last July... When we had a conference on preventing genocide and torture at the U.N., Turkish mission counselors came and stood up at the United Nations in 2010, July, and they said, your information is wrong, you're lying, Mm. Armenians killed all the Turks. And when I said, I'm sorry, but you have to ask questions, this is not a question, it's a revisionist statement, he, through a temper tantrum, uh, almost knocked over my colleague's wheelchair, who was handicapped, and slammed the door. I had to call security. Oh, my goodness. This is happening today. 
We are talking with Dr. Ani Kalajian, who is a psychology professor. She is also the author of this wonderful book that's in my hand called Forgiveness and Reconciliation, Psychological Pathways to Conflict Transformation and Peace Building. And you're listening to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Mari Frank. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. You know, we were just talking a moment ago here about how in Turkey, they still are denying the truth of what happened in the genocide. What about accountability versus blame? Is it is that helpful or how can we get countries or people to be accountable and yet not be in the blame game? Because in the blame game, people will always deny, but how do we get them to be accountable for their actions and be willing to give some kind of, you know, reparation or at least apology? How do we do that, Ani? Yeah, there is a very nice example with, I mean, a productive or shall I say successful example with the Nazis where the international community, all the countries, states got together and said, listen, this is wrong, and you have taken lives of many people and tortured, so you have to pay reparations, and uh, there has to be a country for the the Jews that are uh, being chased out of there, and so on. And the so Nuremberg trials. international uh, tribunals, which right. we have supposedly now, but they are taking very long time with the Rwandan genocide. There's only 39 People in the last 14 years, the 39 cases that have been tried, either to three to lifetime prison, but only 50 cases have gone through. There are thousands of people. So something is not going right with the international tribunals, that it's taking a lot of time. But at the same time, if international states, governments get together and say, okay, this is not really healthy and this is what needs to happen and this is the the, um, uh, reparation amount. When states come together and really enforce and say, okay, now you have moved to a new government, now they're no longer Nazi, there's a democratic new German government. Turkish, uh, uh, they can do the same thing. They're not Ottoman, they change their alphabet, they have new Turkish uh, state that it was founded in 1923, so they can very easily, or 1928, I don't recall, they can easily have the same thing, distance themselves. They say, okay, my ancestor did that. They didn't know what they were doing. My apologies to what my ancestor did to you. Um, And this is the reparation that we can, you know, uh, we have designated and we now commit to peace and commit for, you know, to embrace human rights. Well, now, that's, that's kind of like what what Germany has done. I mean, in Germany, exactly, they have taken very strong stance and, you know, they had a lot of guilt from what went on. And I don't know how how really great guilt is because guilt right. is self-anger, but they took they were accountable. 
They were yes. made to be accountable yes. because of the yes. Nuremberg trials, but they are accountable. And when, you know, my son studied in Germany and when he studied in Germany, he said, Mom, you know, there it's, it's against the law even to, you know, bring up deny. Nazi things. Yes, it's yes. against the exactly. law to deny. And exactly. Now, and, that is something that the, the uh, states can work very hard to uh, make it that uh, it's crime to deny uh, genocides and Holocaust. But now, let's because uh, I don't know what the, uh, uh, your uh, audience is, uh, but I think for us, because we're not states, let's focus on what individuals can do. Exactly. Because, uh, yeah. uh, states, sometimes I feel like they have their own culture, their, uh, they have their own profit margin. I see at the UN, they do things very uh, covertly, and they do things uh, uh, thinking, okay, you cover my back, I do this in Sudan, yes. or Darfur, and I cover you in Saudi Arabia, or I cover, you know, you in in Bahrain. So uh, I do see some covert, you know, un- operations that are really beyond our individual professional realm. I think the beauty of the, of the World Wide Web is that there can be mass movement by people like you, by people like me, to get people involved and have that higher consciousness and, and pretty much force countries later on with all of the, um, you know, the, the force of people. I mean, we've seen what's happened with the protests in the Middle East, what that did. Right. You know, the changes that can be made that whether it's Facebook or any of the websites or whatever, that there are changes that can be made. Right. We can transform. Right. 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 So So, individually, it's important to know that one is embracing forgiveness to care for themselves, their own health, mind, body, spirit and the health of their next seven generations. That should be the focus, not because when I uh, spoke in my clinical practice with a client who he said, in his words, my uh, girlfriend dumped me and he wanted to go and slash all the girlfriend's tires, four tires of the car. Right. And uh, he was filled with revenge and anger so after we, uh, I helped him discharge some, I thought it was time to talk about forgiveness. And he said, forgiveness? I'm not giving her that benefit of uh, uh, me giving her forgiveness. I'm not, I want her to suffer. <laughs> so uh, this is the general attitude of people. Because I suffered, I want you to suffer. But the reality is, is that he may suffer much more than her. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Because exactly. if she moves and said, away and she and she's happy with her new spouse or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and she's happy, she doesn't know what he's going through. And he's ex- miserable. Exactly. He's miserable. And I said, when you slash four of her tires, uh, what makes you think that she's not going to come and slash your tires? And then where do we stop? Or the police, and then he goes to jail for that, you know? Exactly. And you're going to suffer even more because of your actions. So I just want to, I want the listeners to know that one is choosing forgiveness to shift, to see beyond the reactive judgment of the ego 
for the benefit of them, their self, and their seven next generations. Exactly, Ani. And it's a learning process. They learn. Children learn and see if dad or mom is reactive always and yes. revengeful. They embrace that same, they learn that same behavior. Yes. And you know what? We are out of time. We are speaking with Ani Kalajian, and she is the author of Forgiveness and Reconciliation. And you can also go to her website. Why don't you give your website, and then we're going to have to yes, end. Yes, MeaningfulWorld.com. And we will watch all the wonderful things that you're doing, Ani. And please keep in touch, because we know you're going to do wonderful things in the future, just as you've done in the past. So, But we will, we will have you back again for sure. Thank you so much. All right. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, the host of Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Please go to our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our previous guests. You can listen to their interviews, download podcasts. You can write emails to me about what's concerning you about conflict in your own life or in the world. And we look forward to hearing from you. Visit KUCI.org to find out more about our shows and also conflicthealing.com. Bye. It's about trust. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.